and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. Today we're going to talk about reviews, again. We talked about reviewers on episode 157, but now we are going to focus on negative reviews and discuss how valuable they really are. Is a negative review just a reviewer being honest, or is it an opinion that can bias our opinion of a game we would otherwise really enjoy? If we don't have anything nice to say, should we say anything at all? But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, the SGC, and the Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. And a huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well, some of which are with us tonight, because we now do Zoom, and you can join us on Zoom at tabletopgametalk.com slash live. That link is in the show notes of this very episode you're listening to. So, and Kitty and Fletcher are learning that they have to go there each week now, too, to click on it. Yep. It's okay. <laughs> um, I think we both executed it pretty well. You did yeah. fine. <laughs> it's not that hard. Click on this link instead of that link. Ouch, hard. Um, but yeah, no, I I love the the Zoom and we talk. I usually get on around eight twenty. So if you want to get on as early as then, when we start recording around eight forty five. All these are Central Time because we live in in or around Chicago. Um, how are you guys doing? I'm not doing bad. Yeah, I mean as well Fletcher, as can be expected. You've not left the house again. <laughs> I've not left the house again. Well, I mean, I I go within like a two block radius of like my house, but that's pretty much it. Mm, that's fair. I went to this supermarket this I don't know a couple days ago, and we're about fifty fifty on masks right now. So wow, it's interesting, and yeah, it's to, very easy to tell the people what I just go to Andy's to pick up the, uh, food. Do you remember Andy's when you lived here? I don't think we had an Andy's. Andy's Fruit Ranch. Foot. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I never went there, though. So Fletcher, Kitty, and I all used, to, all used to live within like a three-block radius of each other in northwest Chicago, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you're talking about a tiny little store across from McDonald's on Kimball... No, on Lawrence and Kedzie? Yeah, pretty much. It's not It's not across from McDonald's, but yeah, it's it's down the street from it. It's a tiny little grocery yeah. store, which they had Google signs Earth in their it, windows. They've been exactly in business... Wh- yeah, they've been in business like 20 years now, 40, maybe first. I forget. A long time they've been in business. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can be well, creepy. If you Google you Earth it, you can stock Fletcher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all right. It's, Fletcher already has so many stalkers that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> Get in line. <laughs> Kitty, how have you been doing? Been doing good. We had some nice weather finally today, so we got outside. It's always nice. I did not um, get to go outside today. I mean, after two, three days of snow last week. Yeah. Ugh, ugh, over it. It was it was almost yeah, two days in a row it was snowing and it stuck. Like I woke up to like yeah. a quarter inch on the ground and then today it was sixty degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago. <laughs> the Midwest. So good. Um, yeah, I've been basically doing I've been playing a couple games. We did Gaming again over Zoom on Saturday, and then we tried out Board Game Arena, Mm -hmm. I want to say, yesterday, and that is a site that I could actually see myself playing games on, and it is a site that I may actually make an episode around, because I I didn't want to do an episode on the online gaming sites, (laughs) because a lot of them are just bad or incomplete, and this one is not. This one is quality. So 
Um, I'm going to try out a couple other sites too. I've already tried a couple that I, I know I don't like. I don't like Tabletop Simulator. You have to do everything. Um, <laughs> Board Game Arena, it, does, it actually knows the rules of the game. It's like, it's nice. So, um, but yeah, that's basically what I did. I do want to mention that Dice Tower News is so much better now that we're not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, I haven't been listening religiously. I've caught a few episodes here and there. They're very good. Um, do you think it's just that they're so much better than us, or that like the relief of not having to do it plays into how nice it is? <laughs> I think it might be both, but they're <laughs> definitely better than us. So there's Jesse and Jasper, and they started taking this over just before everything was locked down, and then everything got locked down. So they don't record remotely. They have like an actual studio they can go into. So now... Jesse does most of the stuff, and then Jasper will do new releases and things. But Jesse goes a step way beyond what we ever did, which is interesting news story. I'm going to actually reach out and interview somebody on the show to talk about this news story. So the most recent episode, um, the Simon Simon is a publicly traded company in Hong Kong, and their stock has been frozen be- due to some um, financial filing issues or whatever. He actually called a financial advisor or like a stock. I don't know, expert or something that knows about the Hong Kong Stock Exchange and interviewed her about this. I'm like, I'm just so impressed. I'm very, very impressed. So, (laughs) Jesse, Jasper, keep up the good work. Um, And if you don't listen to Dice Tower News, you should listen to Dice Tower News. It's nice, short, and they do a lot of good work there. And it's better than us. I mean, we were all right, but... Joe wants to know what you played on Board Game Arena. Um, We started out with... What was the first game we played? Um, oh, Can't Stop, because it's a tutorial game when you sign up for it, and it turns out <laughs> it's actually a pretty fun game. <laughs> then we went over and played Seven Wonders, and then we played, I want to say, Takinoko or Tokaido. It's whatever one is the pandas that like eats the bamboo and the farmer moves around. Not the one <laughs> where you're trying to take pictures and, and make scenery things. So the names are uh, Takinoko is... What I'm being told. Yes, and it was a really good game. So this our friend Bunny. This is why we Bunny, need to have our listeners. <laughs> yes, this is, this is so much easier. I don't have to do any work. What I just look down and there's my oh, choice. Okay. <laughs> it's like the best this version awesome. of Google or Siri or Alexa. <laughs> An actual yeah. human called Alexa. <laughs> but I really do like it. It was, a, it was a fun game. And actually, so we were playing with our friends Bun and, Bun and Dougie. Ben, <laughs> Doug, and Bunny. <laughs> And so Bunny is like, this is one of her favorite games. And she's like, do you want to play this? I'm like, no, I hate that game. Because I hate the one where you're actually just on a straight line jumping around. I played it many times, and I just don't like it. Um, She's like, no, I think you're thinking of the different game. I'm like, all right, well, I'll try it. And the great thing about Board Game Arena is I didn't know how to play the game, but I couldn't make a wrong move. And within like two or three turns, I'm like, oh, I know how to do this. We played Seven Wonders. Those two had never played it before. And I'm like, eh, let's just try it and see what happens. And by the end of the game, it was 44, 43, 43, 42 was the scores. Like, it was the closest four-player game of Seven Wonders I've ever seen. So I think we're just all horrible at it. But still, (laughs) it was good. I'll have to jump on. Yeah. I I don't remember. I played Seven Wonders a few times. And I feel like I won. But I don't think I was playing against, like, you. (laughs) Seven Wonders is really good. I'm not good at it. I just like playing it. But you can get it on the iPad now or iPhone, and you can literally play a game of Seven Wonders in five minutes. Like, solo against the computer. 
It's I have been playing so much patchwork on my phone um, that I am pretty sure I can beat most humans now. Um, Joe, first of all, insulted my seven wonder scores, saying that they were very low. I'm, I'm like, well, fine. But I only play against bad players, and that's how I win all the time. Um, <laughs> and um, my handle on Board Game Arena is just Chris Steele. So I'm pretty sure it just is that. But but we will have a huge, not a huge episode, we will have a normal-sized episode on online games right after we talk about or don't talk about um, role-playing games online. It is not Game Master Chris. I don't know why I didn't make it Game Master Chris. Chris hates having the same username everywhere. Um, Unlike me, who loves it. <laughs> I have Game Master Chris in multiple different places. I don't know why. I just I didn't think about it, I guess. So, um, all right. Let's see. I We will get better at the reading chat and responding to chat for those people who are not in chat. I promise. Also, you could just go to Zoom and join us whenever. But, yeah, that was Terrence mentioning that I did not choose Game Master Chris. Let's see. Uh, another thing I wanted to call out is Sean Peck sent us sent us a video of Cthulhu Death May Die that he did. Sean has his own channel, and now that he's um, quarantined, he's getting putting more content out there. But if you're <laughs> if you don't want to hear me wax on about Cthulhu Death May Die, then this might not be the episode for you. But um, he does a pretty good job of doing an overview of the game as well, kind of showing you what you get. And I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes because I watched that. Then I watched another review and that's what prompted this entire topic. (laughs) I knew it had to be something. Uh, That's how these things happen is I'm just kind of going about my week and I'll hear something on a podcast or something will trigger something in me. And I'm like, we must talk about this. So what do you guys think? I'm going to just put it out there. We're going to talk specifically about board game reviews, but I think that the concepts touch on kind of any negative review. And then Fletcher, oh, sure. I know when we when we talked about reviewers last time, you were pretty adamant um, and wrong that <laughs> paid reviews are bad because you can't trust them. So I want to go to you first and say, yeah, that's exactly my argument. You-, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> You got it, Chris. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, this is episode... why Kickstarter is in the vault. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> episode 157. Um, but I'm curious, what if you're watching a review and it's a negative review? How do you respond from that? Like, what do you take from that? What do you gain from someone saying this is what I didn't like about X, Y, or Z? This can be a game, a movie, um, anything. Just you know, you're doing some research. Uh. Well, I mean, I would say probably like the most reviews I ever watch are like tech reviews. And usually those reviews, like if it's a negative review, they're stating like either like why they don't like it or it's negative compared to something else, which is like done better for cheaper or just like this doesn't feel right or this seems like it's going to break easily kind of a thing. So, I mean, it depends. And in terms of movies, like usually I look for actual critics uh, and see what they think about a movie because they seem to be more measured as opposed to like someone going in and it's like i don't like this movie it's an action movie and i don't like action movies it's like well great i don't care about your opinion on action movies then because you're going into a genre that you are set up not to like but even a movie critic can go into a genre and say like even though i don't like action movies typically i can review this movie from the perspective of 
the plot, the acting, the characters, set design, all that kind of stuff, um, story, and and give like a measured response. Even though I personally may not like this movie that much or the genre, I can give a thorough, nice review. Um, so I, I think that's what like good reviewers should do. So have you not gone and seen a movie because of negative reviews, whether a single review or you know Rotten Tomatoes scored it at twenty three? Have and you're just not, like, oh, um, that movie's... I guess so, maybe. But, like, also my perception of it, typically from, like, the trailer, I'm like, this is this movie looks dumb. I have been surprised, like though. Like cats. I ha- yeah, like cats. Exactly. I have been surprised <laughs> with movies, though, where it's like, this movie looks really dumb, but, like, a, fr- a friend, like, took me to go see it. And then I was like, oh, I actually like this movie. Uh, that wasn't based off a review, though. That was just based off, like, a trailer. My mom has a really great story about how she thought The Princess Bride was going to be the dumbest movie ever based on its trailers. It is one of the worst trailers ever. Yeah. Uh, I had to go look it up as an adult because we were talking about how, like, oh, my gosh, this movie is such a classic. She's like, yeah, you know, surprisingly, I don't think it did as well in theaters because the way it was promoted, the trailer was not great, um, but... And they had um, Carrie Elways and Mandy Patinkin were on all the morning shows, and all they would talk about was fencing and how much fun they had fencing each other and how much fun they had learning all this fencing stuff. She's like, this sounds boring. This sounds awful. I have no idea what this is going to be about. I don't know. I think she got dragged to it eventually. And well, I mean, like, one of our family greeting or family, like, farewells is have fun storming the castle. We say these things yeah. all the time. And so, like most quoted favorite movie of our house. So anybody want a peanut? Sometimes you can be really led astray <laughs> by the hype. It is one of the best movies ever made. And I don't know. It's one of those things where if you have not seen it and someone says it's one of the best movies ever made, you're going to go in. So this happens to segue this into the whole review concept. If I tell you it's the best movie ever and you've never seen it and you go and watch it, you, you're going to watch it and be like, Eh, it was okay. Because your expectations are so high. Or so, yeah, so high for it. It's like, it can't help but disappoint you, right? If I tell you that a movie is going to be terrible, and it's like, worst thing I've ever seen. Um, Battlefield Earth. Worst movie I've ever seen. Now you can go and watch that movie, and you're like, oh, I was expecting a terrible movie. No, oh, this didn't actually turn out to be that bad. Because I thought the same our- thing. I knew the reviews were terrible. And then when you watch it, you're like, I mean, it's not a good movie, but it's not terrible. Right. So this is the kind of the point I'm getting at here with, with negative reviews. If you end up playing something, if someone gives a negative review to something and you end up playing it, you are probably going to be pleasantly surprised by it. But that's not how reviews in our industry work. If you get a negative review, the chances of you going out and playing that game is not very high. It's, it's, it's like there's so many games out there. Why would I play something that someone says, eh, this is bad? And they are giving legitimate reasons, right? It's bad because it, you know, it's a bad two and three player game. You can only really play it at four and five players. Um, it doesn't, you know, it's completely luck based and super swingy. Um, you know, reasons. And you're like, eh, okay, fine. I'm just not even going to give it a try. Well, see, I like it when people give really specific feedback. I think that it, like some of those reviewers, you know, it doesn't, matter as much if they enjoyed it it matters what they're saying so it's like oh it's totally luck based and swingy i'm like well that doesn't bother me about a game or like they say like oh you can't really play it two and three players well i'm looking for a game for five players so this sounds fine you know it it can be 
negative to some people, but can be positives to others. And I think that people who do make an effort to make fair reviews try to give a less biased opinion on facts like that. So things like, um, this game was very puzzly versus like, I don't like puzzle games, so I didn't like this, you know? Or you can you can phrase things in a way where it's not a negative review, but it can be something you didn't enjoy playing. Yeah. If that makes yes. sense. I, I would say like in terms of like tech reviews that I think that are that are good, the review you the review the reviewer usually comes across or says something like, you know, this probably isn't the phone for me or even most people, but if you're looking for I don't know, like probably like a really, really good, interesting 3D camera that also happens to be attached to the phone, then this is probably a phone that you want to get. But for most people, this is not probably a phone that you want because nobody's looking for like this specific camera attached to a phone as an example. But it still yeah. has a market. So if I described a game to you that was a one to five player game, a one to five player game where two players, you play two characters. And I tell you, I've played this game multiple times just to make sure, but this game cannot be like, it is not fun and can't be one at low player counts. You have to have at least four people. So if you're playing two people, you should play two characters per person. If you're playing one person, you have to play all four characters. Otherwise you're just never going to beat this game. And it's so swingy. Everything is based on luck. So you can get lucky and you can win, but it's, there's like no chance if you don't get lucky. Um, but I'm giving this personally attacked by this made up review, Chris, (laughs) but I'm giving it a seven out of 10. I'm giving it a 7 out of 10 because, you know, it's some people will like it. A 7 out of 10 is a great review. Based on what I just said, what is the likelihood of you going out and trying that game? Well, you just described Pandemic, and I love it. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't. It wasn't Pandemic. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> I, I, I could tell that you weren't trying to, but like the whole like, oh, you need four players. If you're playing two players, you have to play four players. You should be playing these specific roles, basically. <laughs> like, it, you know, um, it depends on the person. I think that I do a lot better when I follow like the same few reviewers and I really learn what kinds of games they like versus what I like and can compare them. Um, And if they're saying, you know, seven out of 10 enjoyed it, but with these caveats, you know, I would take that into mind of, can I meet those, you know, parameters? Like if he's saying like, oh, you can never play this solo or whatever it is. Um, then I'm not going to buy it if I only ever play solo games. But if they're like, this is a great two-player game, but you can, it'll take forever if you're playing with five players. I'm like, well, that sounds great to me because I play a lot of games two players because I live with only one other adult. So, so here is my, and you know, it's not much of a reveal because I already spoiled it a little bit. This is a review of Cthulhu Death May Die, done by Z Garcia of the Dice Tower, who also loves Arkham Horror the Card Game, which. A lot of the games that he likes, I really like. So, um, you know, Rachel mentions it. It really depends on getting to know your reviewer, right? Um, sometimes reviewers are just going to hate things that you love, and therefore, if they hate something, you're probably going to love it. Um, or sometimes you just are on the same page as them. So, I like the same games that Z likes for many of the games that he likes. He reviewed this, and this is I watched this review after I'd played the game several times. I played it at two players. We won. Played it at three players. We won. Played it at four players. We won. Um, just recently played again at three players. We we lost miserably. Um, but essentially, every point he had of why the game fell flat for him, I noticed 
Not at all. Like, I completely disagreed. I think the game scales just fine. I think that, like, you can win at two players, you can win at five players. It's, I didn't see this, it has to be four or five players or you can't win. Um, and then he had a point that is actually valid, is that you? it's a Simon game, so you have a lot of um, nice size miniatures. Well, they don't necessarily always fit in the same room because you have a room that's like two inches by two inches and you have, you know, five miniatures in there. It's not going to fit. So now whenever I play this game, I, I'm actually a little bit angry inside because I'm like, you got it all wrong. This is not a game that doesn't scale properly. It The game scales just fine. But now I can't help but notice that, oh, these figures don't fit in this room. So now I'm angry, <laughs> which I would have never noticed had I not watched that review in the first place. So watching Why? this negative review has caused me to like the game. Well, I don't like the game less. I think it's probably in my top three at this point. But it's caused me to see things about the game that I didn't want to see. Why were you watching a review of a game that you already own and enjoy playing? Because I wanted to hear other people say good things about it. And that's your fault. I watch watch reviews (laughs) on on products I already own. I mean, well, Chris, what you're saying is ignorance is bliss. Like, I didn't know and I was happy. Now I know and I'm sad. (laughs) It's true. I just, I don't know. I, I, I think that we. We give, quote unquote, honest reviews more credit than we should, because no matter what, a review is opinion. And no matter how much you think you're pointing out, like, like quantitative things, you're almost always going to throw your qualitative analysis into that. So yes, quantitatively, the board isn't big enough to fit a whole bunch of miniatures inside of one square. Is that a problem? Not really. Every once in a while, it's a problem, and you just stack the minis to the side, and it works just fine. But now I'm always seeing that. Not an issue with the game at all. Qualitatively, oh, the game doesn't work at two players or three players. Well, that's just blatantly wrong. You played a few games, and I trust that he played multiple games. And in your experience, like it happened to work out that way. We had a lot of issues with um, reviews regarding um, uh, the new Stonemeyer game, Tapestry, where, you know, different civilizations were grossly unbalanced and things like that. It's like maybe. Maybe they are, but now when you sit down and play the game, if you listen to those reviews, you're looking for those imbalances. You're looking for the places that it's broken because reviewers mentioned, oh, this is a problem and that's a problem. That may have been something you never, ever noticed had you not listened to someone say something negative about it. And I'm I'm just curious, like, is, is it just me that it gets into me or are you guys like influenced by negative things as well? And I, I, I think it's rhetorical because we're human, but... <laughs> I think this is why I try not to take in too many reviews. I think that um, you can get into like this loop of um, like you have to say some negative stuff. Like you can't, nobody's going to take your review honestly if you just rave about a game for however long you talk. Um, You have to, you know, give critiques and, you know, to seem balanced. Like it's, It would feel fake if somebody just came out and their review was like, this game is perfect and I love it and everything is great about it and you should go (laughs) buy it. You're like, ooh, they really did pay you. (laughs) um, But at the same time, sometimes I think you can stretch to, you know, the same way you want to make a uh, um, compliment sandwich, you know, like people are trying to find negatives to put into, like, you know, when you're trying to find something nice to say to cushion bad news you can also try to like 
well, if I had to nitpick something, it's this because, you know, I want to come across as honest and like I put thought into what I'm saying. So, um, and I feel like the, the miniatures not fitting in the room is kind of a good example of that. I don't know. I got so, lost in my sentence. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> and, and there is that thing. There is that idea that you can put a negative thing in a compliment sandwich. I am just wondering, because I'm one of those people that if I find myself reading the comments, it's, it's actually the number one reason I can't stand Reddit is because it's the worst place on the planet. Um, on planet <laughs> internet. Um, oh I disagree now. I've changed my <laughs> stance on Reddit. <laughs> you have to cultivate your corners of Reddit. You do have to. You're getting four chan and Reddit it. confused. <laughs> Either there you, are well, very right, toxic places that. on Reddit. I will give you that. But yeah. like, um, my new favorite thing to do is scroll. There's a whole subreddit about cross stitching, and it's beautiful, and I love it. So and you it's can amazing. I'm sure you can find happy places in there. But my, I'm not really picking on Reddit directly. But Reddit is essentially someone makes a post, and then it's just comment threads, right? Comment yep. after comment after comment, and anywhere that I look at something and I see a post, uh, I, I'm fine reading the post, but if there's comments, I have to immediately just skip it. Don't read a single one of them because they will infuriate me almost without doubt. Something's going to trigger me. See, I actually find Reddit to be very, um, at least like parts of it, very civil because it's a conversation. You can go back and forth. Yes, there are different, you know, spaces on Reddit, but like today, um, Isaac Childress actually did a Ask Me Anything on Reddit, and he talked about Gloomhaven and Frosthaven and all of his new stuff coming out for a long time, back and forth with fans on the board game subreddit. So, yeah. I think you know. moderated moderated comments, um, more moderated than BGG, but if you're doing a moderated thing where, you know, just like, let's keep it positive, that works out fairly well. Um but the point and I'm the getting at is the different subreddits are all very differently yeah. moderated. Some of them are very heavily monitored. Some of them, it's the wild so west. Yeah. So. But the point I'm getting at is you can see 15 positive things, and it's like, oh, okay, 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 and then you see one negative thing, and that's the one that sticks with you. Especially like you know we have reviews, and I don't know that we. This could put a challenge, but that's all right. I, we need more reviews anyway. Most <laughs> of our reviews are good. But we're not like those good reviews we read that makes us feel good. And then we don't really think much beyond it. Beyond that, it's like, oh, great, feel good. If we read a negative review, we'll actually change the show in response <laughs> to one person's negative review. And I don't know that that's a good thing. Again, it's human nature. Like, that's the stuff that we tend to get in our head. So I don't know what I'm saying, really, besides I don't think I want to watch board game reviews anymore. <laughs> Because if I don't have the game and I watch a review, it's likely going to be something where I'm like, eh, it was slightly negative, so I'm not going to bother with it. And maybe I'm going to love it. And if I do like the game and I watch a review, then I'm going to create an entire episode around it. And, you know, however, it's just like no positive outcome. Now, watch it played, fine. Teach me the rules. I can make an opinion on whether or not I want to play that. If I play, um, if I do a uh, Rado run-throughs, like... I'm totally fine with that. Although, honestly, I like Rado's final thoughts are probably more my style than most anything else. Because he'll just wane on about, you know, how well this is and that is and that is. And he's like, all right, but there are a couple things. There's this and this. But he doesn't really say them in a way that feels negative. It just feels like, for me, 
this wasn't a thing I liked, or that was an issue there, or it's not good for two players because he's a two player gamer. So he's like, yeah, it doesn't scale for two players very well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I got hit. I got hit by this. And I'm just like, I, I don't want to watch anything. I don't want to watch people tell me what I like is bad. Don't yuck my yum. That's what all the young kids are saying these days, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you should stop watching reviews for games that you already own and enjoy and play. That is for sure. Um, but I, I do think there's still value to some reviews. I just don't think you need to watch every review of every game. I like to pick my reviewers, pick my sources, and um, I also just like to, I don't know... <sighs> Doing the Dice Tower News really taught me that there is a very huge swing in how publishers are describing their own games, like reading a publisher description (laughs) of some games versus others. It's like, now I know the whole backstory of this world, but I'm not sure what the player count is versus like, (laughs) this is just a list of mechanics. I don't know. (laughs) Um, So it's hard to tell sometimes by what publishers are putting, you know, as their blurbs out there, what these games are going to be like. So you have to have somewhere to go to get a little bit better idea. But I I don't like to do deep dives on games. I don't like to, you know, watch more than one or two reviews. Keep it simple. I- um, and know your reviewer because different people like different games. If Chris was the only reviewer I listened to, I would think I hated all board games because we generally don't play the same kinds of games. Uh, I was going to try to disagree with you. <laughs> well... I still want to disagree so, with you, but I can't. <laughs> a, a, a lot of times in reviews, like you have to know, like if a reviewer, and I would say this is probably more towards like newer reviewers or reviewers that haven't been doing this reviewing for a long time, is that their scale might be off from your scale. And I mean, every reviewer is going to be like that, but like how much it bleeds into their review might uh come across as being like more negative or positive like maybe one particular reviewer is like they really want like games that you can play with lots of people and if it's a game that you can't play with lots of people like that's fine but like that's they weigh that very heavily it's kind of like if you like i don't know i go back to tech for all of my analogies but when you have like the tech (laughs) checklist of, of like comparing tvs or whatever or phones and it's like it's like what size screen, you know, camera, how many megapixels, how about this, how about that? And it's like, yeah, like, how much RAM, what's the processor? And it's like, yeah, it's like, you can look at a series of products and see how many checks each one has. But that doesn't really give you an overall sense of what you're dealing with. And it may not be what you want. And it's like, oh, okay, do you want the most check marks? Or maybe you value, like, design and story way more than you know, how many players and like how nice the miniatures are or whatever. So those are, I will say that it's likely, I think there's, there is the effect of the mood you were when you played a game, who you played it with and what your group thought of it actually has a big part of this as well. Cause again, talking specifically, I mean, Z is the one that triggered this whole thing. Thanks Z. Um, I normally you agree with young kid language, all of your <laughs> yucky yums and triggers, Chris. Yeah, I agreed right. with, <laughs> I mostly agree with his reviews, but it sounds like he had a group that just didn't, like, they weren't able to beat the game, and, you know, they were basically blaming it on certain things that other people may not have had the same thing. Because when our first few games, 
we won, but just by the skin of our teeth. And it felt epic and it felt amazing. But if we lost and it felt like, you know, we had never had any chance, then yeah, I could see how my perception of this game would be completely different. So is this a scenario game or campaign game? Scenario. Scenario. Yeah. So um, I think that can make a huge difference in like your plays. Like, which scenario did you choose? Uh, You know, some of them are supposed to be harder than others. Like, you know, they're supposed to (laughs) all feel different. And if you're judging a book on one chapter, that's, you know, like, nobody would read that book reviewers reviews anymore if they were just like, oh, I played, you know, one scenario, you can't judge a game on that. But if you read, you know, it's like reading one chapter of the book and saying like, oh, I didn't like this. It's like, well, yeah, you read the first chapter, you know, like, (laughs) three chapters in interesting stuff starts to happen. Who knows? Um, Yeah. And I might be really guilty of putting down books after four chapters and never going back to them if I didn't enjoy them. So, uh. so all right. So Rachel has a comment on this. She says, I've had this happen with Takinoko. She loves the game, but she read a comment on BGG that the panda cards are too easy to win with. Um, in Basically, in Takinoko, um, you have three different types of cards that give you points. And the panda cards um, are probably the easiest to get because you just go around eating bamboo and it's uh, whatever. But they're also the tiebreaker card. So they give you points and they count as a tiebreaker. Um, So now every time she plays it, that's what she thinks about. But she says, now I just look for the person that's playing the panda cards and attempt to beat that person. So I, I don't know. I just, I think that, yes, thoughts on reviewers and, you know, them trying to be open minded and play a number of games and all that's fine. I still think as, as a species, we are far more likely to take negative stuff and internalize that more than positive. If I say, I Kitty, I can tell you your hair is... episode on how you are a pessimist and I am an optimist. Like, this is I'm not a... <laughs> You are I'm not a... defining yourself as a pessimist right here. Like, oh, I just weigh the negative so much more no. heavily. No, 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 no. I am... I'm telling the human race that they're pessimists. It's different. Um, I disagree because <laughs> I'm an optimist. <laughs> but hold on. Let me let me take it out of the gaming realm for a second. Just again, for human race purposes. Um, if I tell human you every single purposes. day your hair looks... <laughs> human race purposes. <laughs> if I tell you every single day your hair looks great, and the one day where I'm like, hair looks kind of grimy today, that's what's going to like destroy your like whole self-confidence. You're going to be like, I I don't even want to go out in public. Like no. I've seen this. That's not, <laughs> no. That's not I don't think everybody acts that way, Chris. I am this not the not only a person. Universal truth. If somebody was like, "Oh man, your hair normally looks so great, but you're looking a little grimy today," I'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's probably been a while since I took a shower. I'm quarantined." <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine. Everyone else is an optimist. I'm well, an not everyone no, else. There are also other pessimists out there, and that's fine. But you know, some people can take we, criticism, we to... and some people can uh, evaluate criticism based on something that they like, and not have it ruin that thing that they like. Maybe. Okay. All right. All right. Let's. This is a sociology podcast now. <laughs> so this I will actually... agree. Okay. Go ahead. I will agree that there are certain things that I like and then people will be like, oh, you're like, that's terrible, whatever. (laughs) Apple. Apple's a great example, right? Apple versus Android. What phone you carry around. Now, this doesn't happen as much 
these days as it did in the early days, where it's like you're in the Apple camp or the Android camp. But if you were in one camp or the other and someone attacked your position, you would dig in. You would find so many reasons why your side is better than the other side. And we still do that. I mean, again, humans, they tend to do this tribal, whatever. So I do agree that if your opinion on something is attacked, you could take the tact of you just dig in stronger. Like, no, you're wrong. I'm right. This I feel stronger. I, my conviction grows because of this. But I think what I'm trying to talk about here is where you don't actually have an opinion yet. So your opinion is being formed by somebody saying something. That there, I think a negative, something negative said is going to help form your opinion faster than something positive said. Typically, if you have, you know. Yes, we all know that. And also, yeah. So, I mean, that's all I'm really saying is stop listening to reviews. Or if a reviewer is negative, give it it your own chance. (laughs) Don't stop listening to reviews. That's not the takeaway. I think the takeaway to... is to measure bad reviews, knowing that, uh, you know, take everything with a grain of salt and realize what your preferences are versus the reviewer's preferences. You have to use critical thinking skills. Listen critically. Yeah. No, reviewer preferences with positive don't reviews play into too. this. Review preferences don't play into this because I already said I normally agree with these reviews. If I had watched this review before getting the game, I would have probably just sold the game and never played it. Um. Because That's... I trust his reviews. Because I trust his opinion. Well, stop yes. doing that. So I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, no other people tell you what you reviews, like. And... If you <laughs> if you listen to ten positive reviews and then this one negative review, like why would you choose this one negative review? Yes, maybe this one circumstance. It was somebody that normally you trust and you listen to, but. You know, if you've heard all these other really positive things about this game, that is not critical listening. Believing one person because they haven't steered you wrong before is not critical listening. You have to listen to more than just. It's. I'm not saying that they're wrong. That's the thing is, I don't know that he's wrong. Yes, you are. He may be right. No, no, no. Like, so, like this particular review, like the board size, for example, he's not wrong. It's just never, it wasn't something I would have ever noticed otherwise. And maybe the game doesn't scale for smaller player accounts most of the time. But again, it was never something that I noticed personally. So it wasn't an issue with me until somebody pointed it out. When Rachel talks about winning with the panda cards, it wasn't an issue until someone pointed it out. Now, she had the ability to turn it around in a positive way. But still, it's something that somebody pointed this out. It was like, oh, yeah. You know, if you watch your favorite movie and someone points out the inconsistencies in the movie... It's like, oh, yeah. Now when you watch that movie, all you're thinking about is, uh, all right, there's this inconsistency. But I really like the movie, even though this thing is there. Like, when people point out things that are bad, you have a hard time just dismissing that, even if you overall like that thing. Uh, I would disagree with you. I don't have a hard time, like, either A, dismissing You don't have any emotions. (laughs) Yeah. As a fan of the movie Willow, one of the most... (laughs) made fun of movies I think ever. I don't know. That's all I hear is how silly this movie is, how bad. I love it, and nothing you say will ever change my mind about how much I love the movie Willow. Oh, I'm not... That's not what I said. I'm saying if someone pointed out a specific issue, it's like the coffee cup in that scene, every time that scene comes around, you're going to see the coffee cup. 
No, I don't know if there's a coffee cup in the Willow scene. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's going to change your overall. There's just really terrible (laughs) claymation, stop motion, kind of. I'm not saying it's going to change your overall opinion. I'm saying that as you see that thing that someone pointed out, you are going to notice that because someone pointed it out. People in chat are agreeing with me. That's all I have to say. I know. I, I, (laughs) there is no more live links. (laughs) (laughs) You should have known that. You know, it would be just the emails that we get the next day during the chat. I know. (laughs) Chris, don't let other people tell you what you like and don't like. And in this case, you seem to have already owned the game. And if you didn't play it and watch the review, you said that because he buys everything, (laughs) right? But like, if you already own it, give it a chance. And also look at, I mean, I don't know how many reviews that you watch, but like, you know, watch more than one or, you know, see like an aggregate review, see like multiple people's opinions. I mean, that's, that's a fair bit of advice. And also Uh, you seem to be inclined to want to play it anyway, because you're like, oh, I like this genre. (laughs) It adds on. And like, you're letting this person tell you, you're not going to like this game. (laughs) This is a bad game. And you're like, oh, I was excited for this. That's not. That's not what I'm saying. So there's two things I'm saying. That's one of those ones. The first thing I'm saying is a bad review can keep you from ever trying. Hold on. You're not saying it. You're not saying it, but that's what happened. (laughs) No, no, no. no. (laughs) A bad review can keep you from ever trying a game, even though you might like it. So that is one thing I'm saying. Um, And yes, a way around that is make sure you trust the reviewer, watch multiple reviews, watch an actual playthrough or something like that. If you're really interested in the genre or, or the game in general, you know, do the ex- go the extra mile. That's not really the point of what I'm trying to get at here, though. The point I'm trying to get at here is even if I'm, I'm, my enjoyment of the game is the same, I, I'm going to play the game. I enjoy the game quite a bit. I disagree with the reviewer, but there are aspects that I am now looking at at this game that I would have never looked at before. So even though I still enjoy the game, I'm still going to play it. There's just a tiny bit of me. That is like, oh, man, this game would be great if not for this one thing that someone random on the internet pointed out, and now I can't not see. So, yeah. So you're so, arguing that ignorance is bliss, essentially. Like, yes, oh, great. Someone yes, pointed this out to me, not and I can't see it anymore. wholeheartedly agreeing. <laughs> so I think the lesson that Chris has learned this week is if you like a game, Seen stop looking for more reviews about it. <laughs> No, 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 that's that's good. I like that. That is a good lesson. If you like a game, don't read anything about it. Don't Don't... read about it. Don't, like, let anyone else tell you about it. Because if you're enjoying it, what else matters? This is true. All right. All right. On that note, we do have... (laughs) (laughs) We have some um, questions that have come in. And actually, the first one I don't think is a question. Um, The first one is a follow-up to our board game apps... Uh, episode. And this was from Donald Comfort. And he pointed me to a website called boardgamer.app, which apparently lists all the board game apps out there. And you can do it by sale and by whatever. Um, I think it's release date, sale, alphabetical. uh, And there's a ton of them out there. So I'm going to put the, it's just boardgamer.app is the URL, but I'll put the link in the show notes. And I've gone here. Have you got? Oh, you guys haven't gone here. You guys don't read the show notes until you get online, and even That's then, you're not reading true. the show notes. But um, half the time <laughs> you don't put up show notes until seven p.m. I'll check them earlier in the day sometimes, and there won't be any show notes. <laughs> so I stopped looking. It's your fault. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I will say that the 
Um, see, I don't know again how up to date this is, but it has Mystic Veil being one of the most recent released, which I think this might just because there's an ex- an expansion. But Fort Sumner, Shards of Infinity, um, Castles of Burgundy, Evolution. So you can kind of go. There's a ton of games here. The Mind is an app now, and I don't get that. I I, I sort of it's three dollars for a game. <laughs> That is made up of a cards from one to one hundred, and I'm normally not like three dollars for an app. I'm I'm more than happy to pay for that. Typically, I have so many I, questions. You have to buy it, Chris. <laughs> Chris Rachel says you have to buy it too. <laughs> you have to buy it and tell me what it does. <laughs> I, I I think I'm going to because it baffles me how this would actually work. <laughs> and yeah, I have so many questions. I have so many questions as well. Um, but yeah, so there's a ton of games here. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any that I didn't mention before. Um, they go pretty far. So I don't know this is everything, but there's a lot of games here. And if you are looking for mobile games, uh, most of these are uh, both tablet and mobile. On Android, you're probably just getting mobile. But on iOS, you're getting phone and tablet usually. Um, check the site out. And like I say, you can click and order things by sale. So... What's on sale today? Um, Elder Sign is on sale for the iPad for two bucks. Uh, Lords of Waterdeep, fantastic game and a fantastic app um, for four dollars. Um, Elder Sides for the iPhone is only a dollar. Hey, that's my fish is a buck. So there's a bunch of stuff on here. Flux is free right now, normally ninety nine cents. And then Seven Wonders, which if you like Seven Wonders and you want to play like a hundred games in an hour, get the app five dollars. <laughs> boom, it's. It's a no-brainer. So, um, let's see. All right, Kitty. Sam has a question about your favorite game. I actually did read this earlier in the day. <laughs> so Sam wrote in. He says, I was playing Risk earlier tonight, and my mom was complaining it felt too luck-based. I know Kitty really likes Risk, as do I. So I was wondering if you had any suggestions as to any Risk variations or similar games that don't rely on luck so much. My first thought was maybe Scythe, which I just got a week ago for my birthday and haven't played a full game yet. After three hours, my parents gave up, so I can't fully determine if it's the best alternative. I would also love to hear any other suggestions. I probably can't get any games right now, but it'd be awesome to at least add some options to my game wish list, perhaps obtain something digital. So first, we have people in chat that can help uh, with this question, Um, but I would just like to say, Risk to Scythe, that is a heck of a span of... (laughs) Um, game, family gaming there, and two hours of scythe. I guess, I guess for bigger games, I could see that happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know that I would go scythe in place of risk, though. Do you have any suggestions? Um, I like scythe. I feel like it. Um, if you, it depends on what you enjoy about risk. Because if what you enjoy about risk is moving pieces around on a map trying to maximize your position, um, trying to puzzle out how best to spread and control. I vote for Pandemic or one of the Pandemic series of games. So you're going to go from Risk, one of the most cutthroat competitive family games, to Pandemic. A cooperative game. Yes. All right. I that was one of the jumps that I have made going from more of the mass market games to um a hobbyist gamer. I really like 
there are much more similarities than I would have thought between Pandemic, a cooperative game, and Risk, a area control game. But if I the territory control, the cutthroat nature of the game is what you really like, Blood Rage was one of the games that I played early on that really felt similar, but it wasn't quite as meaty as Scythe. It wasn't quite as long playing. There was enough take that that I could get really mad and table flippy about it. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was pretty straightforward to learn um, compared to how thinky you can get about Scythe or some of the other heavier games. Yeah, I think Blood Rage is, like, if you hear Eric Lane talk about it, the designer, he's like, this is a spiritual successor to Risk. So it is that dudes on a map, um, combat, streamlined, and timed. So it's, you know, you're basically playing three rounds, yeah. and then the game is done. It's fun. Um, yeah, Rachel had brought up a really good one, um, which I think is, it, it for a long time, it was one of my favorite games, and that's Small World. Mm-hmm. So this is another, it's a fantasy-based game with lots of replayability um, because you're just mixing, matching like races and classes as you, you know, try to take over different areas of the board. And then you'll actually go through a couple different iterations of your troops and you're trying to collect points as you go through. Um, Joe mentioned Carcassonne is a great for area control. Um which I would agree. The only issue I have with Carcassonne it, for newer players is scoring. But if you're playing Scythe, I don't think there's any issue there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and there's only like minor stuff. He also mentions Terra Mystica, which if you didn't get through a game of Scythe, I'm not sure you'll get through a game of Terra Mystica. <laughs> Terra Mystica is a bit intense. But these are some of the... It's It's funny. These are all games that I gravitated towards when I first started playing more hobby games. Um, I would say, because you got Terra Mystica when we were still living together the first time. (laughs) Yeah. And that was what started me down more hobbyist games. Um, Carcassonne is one of the first games I ever played and really enjoyed as a hobbyist game. Uh, My friend Amy brought that one over. Yeah, and he also makes a good point. If you play Carcassonne without the farmers, it simplifies the scoring quite a bit. Yeah, but that's where you get all your points. It is, but maybe for the first game, you just ignore that. Because it's hard to know. If you if one person knows how farmers work, they're going to win. <laughs> so it's it might be better to start on the same playing field. Um, well, if no one knows how farmers works, it's the yeah, same. It also works the same way. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end, you get to like, wait, so how does this thing score again? What? Uh, uh, what huh? How much of this um, grass is connected? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little... Yeah, but you can also play. Um, so risk is a bit swingy. We'll give you that. Um, it also what- is really like you can have two dudes defending a territory with those defense dice and just keep rolling rocks, and you can take down an army. And that does feel awful when you've put all of this planning. You've got like twenty troops, and these two dice are just taking you out. It is awful it's a bad yeah. feeling and everyone hates it um but you could try risk legacy if you can still find a copy it it does a little bit of streamlining and the game changes enough where it actually is compelling to continue to play over and over so if you really like risk risk legacy might be a, a good transition as well i don't know i don't remember enjoying risk legacy as much because it felt so familiar to risk but they had taken out 
the biggest part, which is there is like a end condition. This ends now. So like if you're used to playing these same strategies, you've played Risk a lot of times, it was too hard a transition to me because I did, if somebody's strategy was end the game fast, it didn't let me play. And that made me very frustrated. Whereas yeah. something like uh, Pandemic Legacy, I really enjoyed because you're all working together and you don't like nobody's going to end the game because they want you to lose. They're going to work together to get the best outcome together. I think that um, I liked the ending conditions in Risk Legacy better than Risk, but and that's I also fair. Find, but you don't like Risk that much, <laughs> right? I find lit Risk to be <laughs> tedious, so I I appreciated different win conditions beside just take over the entire world. Um, Katana's also been playing with too, because you're very much like, oh, I just want to, you know, meet my conditions, get this over with done. Um, Sydney is a notorious one. If there is like a way to end a game faster, Sydney is a race person. She like races through games and it drives me crazy. Cause I'm like a, I want to take the long-term strategy. I'm going to, I don't, I think it was, um, near and far we were playing, and I was like, oh, I've got all these little things I want to do. And then Cindy's like, okay, I think this ends the game now. And I'm like, <laughs> what? No. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I don't mind shorter games these days. I don't mind longer games too. I just don't want my longer games to be risk. Um, but Terrence <laughs> <fair>. mentioned that, <laughs> Terrence mentioned that Catan would be a good one too. And I know that, you know, as self-proclaimed hobbyist gamers were not allowed to like Catan anymore, but it really is a fantastic game to play as a family. There's just enough negotiation, territory control to kind of keep everyone involved. Um, But, I mean, if you haven't played Catan, you should play it, and then it's still better than Risk. Anything's better than Risk. Anything besides (laughs) Monopoly. Anything better than beside Monopoly is better than Risk. <laughs> Risk is still fun. It still holds a special place in my heart, even though I don't think I've played it in the last like six years. I don't like yeah. that game. I mean, I <laughs> I would play it. I would definitely. I mean, I'm, it's not like I wouldn't sit down and play Risk. I really have fond memories of it playing as a kid. Uh, I have just... very fond memories of playing it as a kid, and then I have more fond memories of playing a lot of it in college when they had it like linked through Facebook, the Facebook version of Risk. Yeah. And you played online with real people, and that was something I did a lot of when I was supposed to be doing homework in college. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I have a lot of games I can play right now. But again, I I really don't say no to any game if somebody wants to pull it out, set it up, and play it. Um, If I don't have to do that work, I am more than happy to play it. Like, like, let's do this. Um, And yeah, Scythe. Scythe you will get faster with after the first play. Just Sam, you haven't you have a great game there. Um I would say play it again two players or even one player. I was gonna say try the, they've got the Automa. Do yeah. the solo version, figure it out. Um because honestly, it can take a while to learn a game together. Yeah. So if somebody knows how to play, it helps speed yeah. things up. And I will say another thing with Scythe. If you were playing for two hours and you feel like everybody only had like two stars, 20 minutes later, you would have probably had all six stars because that game does this thing where at the beginning, it's impossible. Like you can't get any stars and all of a sudden you you get four in one turn. So it could have been that you just ended like the turn before someone would have won. It happens. Possibly. 
Um, let's see. We're gonna scan chat here. Do, do, do. Rachel likes the idea of a faster risk. Um, more games of risk if you play faster. Um, six-player game of scythe in ninety minutes. Joe says he's played. So if you play fast, you can do it. Um, and but everyone really, has to play fast. Everyone has to know what yeah. they're doing. You know, it's it's not a you can't do a one-man six-player yeah. scythe game. It's got to be six people who are like, yes, we're making this happen fast. Yep. And, and and it only takes one. I mean, if you're playing a six player game, it only takes one AP player to stretch that ninety minutes into two and a half hours. Just takes a Josh. Just takes one Josh. <laughs> <laughs> we can make fun of him because he's not here. <laughs> I'm going to send him the link and see if he can get online. Um, maybe next week. <laughs> Bring him in to defend himself against my <laughs> allegations. Worst allegations ever. Um, oh, I should do that. And okay, so that is enough Chris bashing for one night. <laughs> we moved away. We got dangerously <laughs> close to kitty bashing territory there for a while. All this no. risk talk. <laughs> risk bashing is not the same. I just said, okay. I don't like that game. You can love the game, Kitty. Don't let my opinion of the game influence yours. <laughs> Thank you, Fletcher, for that. I just think it's too random and swingy. (laughs) And if you don't control Australia, you can't win the game. It's not true. South America is a great place to start, too. (laughs) All right. Well, as a reminder, you can join us on Zoom (laughs) and have fun in real time with us. Um, And to find that link, you just go to our website, tabletopgametalk.com and slash live. Or if you go to the main homepage, you'll see a live button in the upper right corner that will tell you our next recording time, the link to join us. And I think I will put the subject in there as soon as I, you know, get hit by inspiration as to what that subject will be. <laughs> so um, maybe like seven fifteen. maybe like seven fifteen. Yeah. We record at eight thirty. 30, um, <laughs> all central times. And you can follow us on Facebook at slash Tabletop Game Talk Podcast. Twitter is Tabletop Game TLK. Kitty's Lawful Good Mom. Fletcher is Net Fletch. I am Game Master Chris. Uh, leave us a review at Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. Um, or check out our Patreon page at tabletopgametalk.com slash Patreon. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Thanks for listening. Remember, we love your feedback. So email us with comments or questions about today's topic at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Finally, a huge thank you to our patrons. Adam Harrison, The SGC, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, Terrence Miller, Stephen Seitz, Brian Arnold, Sean P. Kelly, C. Marie, Rudy Liu, Benjamin Heimowitz, Jerry Huang. I, I fixed Jerry's name. I think it's Huang. <laughs> Gonna, he was he was on last week. I'm going to make him just say his name to me. Let's not be done. Um, Kayla O'Brien, Jennifer Langerbrett, Justin Willard, Christopher Dong, Jason Marks, Jeremy Fisher, David Radke, Nick Quickstra, David Sellers, Jason Rodney, Michael Yanikowski, hi Michael, Niles Clark, Cindy Lum, Phil Swartzel, Ann Reynolds, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dong, Nate Faz, Flintham, Sean Peck, Eric C. Lander, Mike Smith, Joe Hoover, Timothy Gross, uh, Glenn Cotter, Jesse Wolkowiak. Gregory Huber, Don Gilstrap, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholst, Christopher Letko, John Lewis, Joe Raxad, hi Joe, Ron Nelson, Sahara Wetworth, Weatherman Keefe, Nicholas Lotz, Agnes Toth, Paul Raymer, Timothy, Matthew Drake, Droke, <laughs> Aaron Moore, Jesse Wheeler, and Charles Pearson. Till next week, keep playing games and having fun. So we should do a Zoom game of Risk. Ugh. It'd be easy. <laughs>
It'd be easy to do. One person sets up risk. All you got to do is have two dice. You could roll your own dice. Oh, you have to draw cards, though. We can still do that. Yeah. I don't know. Fine. We won't play risk. 